is nothing more inspiring than a woman being unapologetically herself. The answers are all in your heart. She's waiting, she's waiting, she's waiting for you to set her free. Welcome to BU Podcast. I'm Jill Herman and I am so glad you're here. I was broke, insecure, and craved approval. But with grit, hustle, and sacrifice, I still built a successful multi-million dollar business. 10 years in, burnout, I slowed down and looked inward. In that silence, I discovered that the same level of success could have come to me with much less effort and so much more joy. That's when I threw out the expectations of the world and chose to unbecome every single thing I thought I was supposed to be. And the real me was uncaged. It was far from easy. And in this podcast, I'll offer my entire journey as a roadmap so that if you're ready, you can finally be you. Hey, BU Collective. I cannot believe that we are over 20 episodes in with this podcast and that we are wrapping up the year of 2020 and about to embark on the best year of our lives, 2021. I feel super honored that I get to be here with you. I am grateful to those of you who listen. Every message I receive means so much to me. You know, some of it might feel good just because of my lingering insecurity or a lingering need for approval, but most of it feels good from a centered place of alignment that I know that when I hear from you that this is speaking to you, that I need to continue walking down this path because this conversation we're having together is wanted and it's needed. So thank you so much for being in this collective for listening to every episode, for messaging your friends, your coworkers, and me about what you've learned. And I'm so excited about what's going to happen in the future with all of us together. On that note, before we jump into this episode, you know, there is something that I have done at the end of the year and going into the new year with myself, my family, my former team that I was just going to do, you know, with myself alone. And several people um, in my community have reached out and said, hey, are you going to do the wrap-up thing again? And I just said, you know, I I, I just don't have it in me. Uh, as you'll hear in this episode, we had a tough year, just a really a lot of stuff. And I just did not feel called to do that. And then I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it anyway. So I might as well include other people. So I did something that doesn't feel normal to me that I will encourage all of you to do, and you'll hear me encourage you in many episodes to do this. Delegate, not try to do everything myself, and stay in my zone of genius. So with that, I found an amazing company who was willing to put together everything that I normally do with this wrap-up of the end of the year and launching into the new year. And all I have to do is show up and provide the content and stay in that zone of genius where I want to be. And so I'm really excited to tell you that if you go to jillherman.com forward slash my best year ever, jillherman.com forward slash my best year ever, you will be able to register for my best year ever, which is going to be a two hour workshop on Zoom. We will do it live so you get to see faces from all over the world and connect with other women who are in this collective. And we'll also record it 
And there'll be opportunities later throughout the month of January and even the month of February for you to share it with others. But we're going to take what you're going to hear in a few minutes and explode it. I mean, it'll be on steroids. It will have so much more content. And we'll do all kinds of great things, including looking at every area of our life through the wheel of life and looking back at 2020 in detail, but really setting up 2021 strong without New Year's resolutions. No New Year's resolutions. There'll be no pressure. You'll be able to walk into the new year with ease without feeling like you're already worried of failing and not hitting goals that you're setting. We will not have any of that. It's going to be so cool, so powerful. So anyway, head over to the website, get yourself registered for that. And I can't wait to see you then. Okay, so as I look back on 2020, I don't want to spend an entire episode talking about my 2020. I am going to weave that into this episode because when I share the lessons that I learned and the magic and the miracles that have come to me through struggles and ahas for myself, I know that you will be able to experience that with me. And so it will be a blessing to you. And and I know that that's how we all learn. Yet, most of this is going to be talking to you about what you can do as you're looking back at 2020. So I'm going to give you three questions that you can ask yourself and journal about and just sit with and meditate on, just be with, and the answers will come to you when they're supposed to come to you. And then I'll weave in there, in and out of that, my own experience of 2020, hoping that it will give you some insights about your life. So the beginning of every year, I always pick a word. And the word that I chose, well, that chose me for 2020 was fierce. And it just felt so great. And then 2020 hit and I was like, what the F? Like fierce, really? I don't think so. Nothing about 2020 felt fierce. It it felt like I was just hanging on. I'll share more in a little bit. But I realize now, as I look back, that it was going to take me being fierce to be able to sustain all of that to walk through that really messy stuff. And the word that I had come to me in 2019 was let go. And it's so funny that that came back. So I realized that my aha for 2020 was that I needed to be fierce to really, really, really let go because there was more I hadn't let go of. You know, when you think you have all of your air out of you, but you don't, you know, when you're exhaling or you're crying, and there's still a little bit more, or you think you're full and there's a little more room in your stomach. That's how it was for me. I still had more to let go of that I wasn't aware of. So as you're looking at this past year, I want you to know that this reflection that I'm going to introduce to you can be done at any time. So again, no pressure. Take the pressure off yourself. Oh, I have to hurry up and get this done by the 31st because then it's not going to work. It's not, it's not like in Cinderella where she turns into a pumpkin at midnight. You get to do this when it feels right to you. You know, what feels aligned? And there's a difference between aligned and habitual. You know, what feels normal? No. What feels habitual? No. What do I usually do? That's probably not the answer. But what feels aligned? And for me, when I say aligned, that means the activity, whatever it is, and in this example, it's looking back on 2020 and doing a deep reflection. Is it aligned with your heart? Does it feel good in your heart center? Okay, remember your heart is your second brain. Does it feel aligned with your purpose? What is your purpose in life? Does it feel aligned with your ideal life, the life that you want to, that you dream of, and that you're committed to creating for yourself? Does it align with that? And then does it feel aligned with your highest self? If it doesn't, don't do it yet. It may be January 30th before you really feel like it's time to sit with these questions that I'm about to pose for you. 
do it when it feels right to you. If you're like me, and many of you are not, but those of you who are wired like me, you'll already feel like you're going to get it wrong. <laughs> you know, I'm the kind of person that thinks to myself, oh shit, I got to get it done because if I don't, then I'm going to mess it up. No, not true. Okay. All right. So what are the questions? The first question is what sucked? What sucked about 2020? And it might be strange hearing me say that because you could very well say, and you would be right. Hold on a second. You say what we think about is what we bring about and what we focus on expands. Why are you telling us to focus on something negative? And I, you would be correct in asking that. But the reason behind it is important. It's to finally purge. Remember a minute ago, we talked about having more breath than you realized you had, having more room in your tummy than you realized that you had, having more tears that needed to be let out that you didn't realize were in there. There's still some purging from 2020 that probably still needs to happen. No matter how many times you posted on social media, no matter how many times you complained to your spouse, to your friends, et cetera, or, or laughed about 2020, there's probably more. So get it out. What did not go well? What did you hate about 2020? What sucked about it? Write it all down. Every single bit of it. And my fear in journaling in the past I don't know if you agree, but I used to think that if I would write all that down, that I was like cementing it into me. That's not true. You're actually purging right now. So just write it all out. What sucked? What was awful? I'll just share a little bit of mine. And I, I, I could talk for an hour straight about things that didn't go well for our family in 2020 that were difficult. And I'll just share a few. So in 2020, for us, I had a child diagnosed with systemic lupus, very, very serious autoimmune disease. I had suspected it for years, but it, she got a firm diagnosis and it came because she was in a very serious flare. And she was sick enough that if, if we didn't get her well, it would have done permanent damage to major organs, et cetera, like very serious. And I had another child walk through depression. And if you've never been depressed or seen anyone depressed, imagine if it's your own child, a 16-year-old walking through really difficult times, a lot of darkness, a lot of pain, anxiety, depression, as a result of being completely brokenhearted with his father abandoning him. And I'll get to that in a little bit about the blessings that came as a result as well. But we're talking about what sucked. So watching your child in pain, watching your child suffer and cry and say, why is this happening for almost an entire year? That was 2020. There's more, but one major one, there's some funny ones. I mean, first of all, our entire family, not at the same time even, but stacked one after the other. We all got sick. It happened to be COVID. And it was all five of our kids with my husband and myself and the grandchild who lives with us who just turned one. So all seven of us, one after the other. And then we had a child living with us for a month because his family was going through a really tough time and he also got sick. And so I was taking care of everybody while not feeling well myself. And then my daughter went into the hospital with her first flare. So it was crazy. In that time, we also had a flooded basement twice and I got fired from my job. <laughs> so one of the biggest things that sucked about 2020 was what I walked through in my career. I built an enormous business in the world of network marketing with a company I had been with for 12 and a half years. And for the past few years, there were observations that I was making in my experience with that company that just didn't feel good in my heart. They didn't feel good in my gut. And so I asked a lot of questions, a lot of tough questions. And I would have conversations with a lot of other top leaders. I was in the very top, top of the company 
And I say that with no arrogance, but there's a point to that. So I had an enormous business. I was very respected. I was very loved. And I would say even adored by the company. I was, you know, very frequently asked to speak on stages and train massive teams and organizations. And there was a time in that career where I was instrumental in creating programs for the company. So I started making some observations that they weren't just head scratchers. They were like, not feeling good in my heart. Like, why is this happening? This doesn't make sense to me. I don't like this. Hold on a second. I don't recognize this. What's going on? And I tend to be someone who's very, very direct. And I say what I think and I say what I feel because I was also a very well-known and followed and respected big leader in that company. A lot of people noticed that I was asking questions and it came from a very good place. It truly came from a place of, I want us to be better. Something's going on. And long story short, I asked enough questions and I talked to enough people about dots I was connecting and observations I was making and things that just didn't feel right that I was terminated. And I was told that I was creating something called a disruption in the field. Ended up, we walked away shaking hands and they purchased my business from me and I was able to then go on and do other things, which I'll share in a minute. But that sucked. I mean, it also was wrapped in, you've heard us say in this podcast that sometimes gifts from God will come to us wrapped in thorns, or sometimes I say razor blades and mousetraps. This gift, which I will share in a minute, had to come in the wrapping paper of me being terminated from that company. Mousetraps, razor blades, thorns, I mean, dog poop just on fire. I mean, it was the worst. It was devastating to me emotionally, physically, mentally. It truly temporarily broke my heart. I can't even explain to you how humiliating it was and and also how angry I was because I just, I so didn't agree with their decision and I didn't get a say in it at all. It just came out of nowhere. It turns out that the impetus of that wasn't just me speaking out and challenging things that I was seeing, which by the way, tons of other leaders felt the same way, but they weren't speaking out. And so I was the one that, you know, got the ax. But on top of that, some close friends of mine who I had allowed into my inner circle were a part of that. And there was a lot of betrayal. It was just the ouchiest, ugliest thing. So I'm sharing that because in a little while, you're going to see the blessings and the miracles in it. And I'm actually grateful it happened. But you need to hear that first part. I'm not dwelling on it. And I I wish well on that company and everybody there. And I still have tons of friends in that company and really loyal friends. And we love each other and all is good. But it was a hard year. I mean, like on my knees crying kind of a year many times between one child's physical illness, which seemed to just get worse every day to another child's mental health and emotional well-being being challenged and getting worse day after day after day, countless hundreds of doctor's visits, Zoom calls, emails, seeking out healers and people to help my children. And, you know, meanwhile, going about life and losing that career and starting a new one and you get it. So it was tough. So when you're writing it all down, and I've already done this, write down why it was so hard. Why did it suck so bad? Give details because you're not going to get to do it again. This is your one chance to get it all out. Okay, get it all out. Number two, what was good and what was great about 2020? There are people who had an amazing 2020. 
Like it was weird and they had to stay home more, but that was about it. There are people who made more money than they've ever made in 2020. Yes, there are. There are people who say, I actually had an awesome year. It's okay to say that. I know you feel guarded because you feel empathy for so many people all over the world who are hurting in this year and who have really taken huge hits, you know, I mean, like financial devastation, depression, difficult things as a result of this pandemic and all of that. And on top of that, you had a regular life going on, right? But if you had an amazing year, say it. I want you to write it down. I want you to celebrate what was wonderful about the year. Be okay with saying it was freaking amazing and thank you. I'm grateful. Because trust me, we all have seasons and there'll be a season when you're down and we're up. So those of you who wouldn't say you had a great year, you still had good moments. There were great things that happened. Think about just one experience, you were sitting outside with your child and they said something really sweet. List every memory of 2020 that warms your heart, that feels really good to you. And I want you to write out in detail, why was it so good? List everything. I mean, you should have pages written of the good that happened in 2020. And you don't even have to yet list any lessons that you learned from the bad, by the way. We're getting that to that in number three. Just what happened that was good? Oh, I spent an afternoon shopping with a friend of mine. We didn't have any money to spend, but we had the best time. Whatever. What was good? And you might have had some really great things happen. I have a friend that was married in 2020. She had to sort of reimagine her whole wedding, and it was super weird for her to do that. But she got married, and it was so great. People have had children born. So for me, what was good in 2020? A lot. A lot was great in 2020. Wait, I thought you just said it was the worst year ever. It was. (laughs) But there are some huge things that happened in 2020 that I just have to celebrate. So the first is that I, for the first time ever, put me first. Now, I still need to work on that. Oh my gosh, I just have martyrdom somehow like, you know, in every cell in my body. And I've got to get rid of that. You know, I, I tend to put myself last. But there are some ways that I put myself first and I took some big financial risk. I invested a lot of money in my future and in a future that I didn't even know was coming. Okay, so in 2020, I did not get terminated and leave that other company until July. But in February, the first week of February, I invested $7,500 that I really did not have, my husband and I did not have budgeted for the year for me to spend, but we both thought it was a really important investment. I invested in a mastermind group, and I don't know if you know what that is, but I had never been a part of one. I had created mastermind groups in my previous career, but I mean, like I had never paid money to be in someone's mastermind. And I'm so glad I did. But I made that investment when it didn't make sense, when I really should not, quote unquote, have spent the money. And when I had no idea what I was going to get out of it, but I followed my gut, I followed my heart, my heart and my gut, which is God, it's all of that goodness saying, walk forward, you don't need to understand why, just do it. And I did. So I joined that mastermind and I'm so grateful for Lindsay Schwartz. Lindsay's younger than me. She had walked ahead of me. I didn't know at the time that she also had left a career in network marketing and it wasn't super pleasant when she had that departure either. And she did the things that I had been dreaming of ahead of me. And I actually didn't know that when I joined the mastermind. So it was really interesting and wonderful. So I joined that mastermind I invested in a company called Scribe, Tucker Max, to get me 
focused on writing the book that I've been wanting to write for about four years. I invested in a branding company, as I said, to help me figure out what is BU? What is that? What is it going to look like? What will the story brand, so to speak, be for BU? You know, did I need to do that? No, you can start messy and, you know, talk in your phone and launch a podcast. But my point is that I'm happy. That's a win for me of 2020 that I asked for help because I never asked for help. I didn't used to ask for help. I invested money in something for me without guilt and without any plan. It would have been easy for me to say, oh, we can't do this. I don't even know what I'm doing. But I just moved forward and invested that money. And then there's more. (laughs) Then that led me to Kayla Craft. And I invested a huge amount of money. Now, we're going to talk about money mindset in the new year. Some of you are going to fall over when I say this number. Some of you are going to question my sanity. Some of you are going to go, good for you. Awesome. But I spent a lot of money to have one-on-one coaching with a mentor. And I had that in the mastermind, but it just wasn't enough. I wanted one-on-one access to somebody. And so I wrote a check for $40,000. I had never written a check for anything larger than, I don't know, maybe three or four. I don't know. $40,000. Yes, I said that. To have six months of coaching with Kayla Craft. And it was such a smart investment. The interesting thing is that the investment was for me to launch a new business because remember my career was gone. My big, huge paycheck, you know, was gone. I was launching a new podcast and I knew I was going to write a book and do some courses, et cetera. And I didn't know what to do. So I went to the best. Well, we haven't even talked business yet. I'll get to the lessons in a minute. I'm, I'm giving too much away right now. But then she led us to Stefanos, who is someone that we just wrote a bigger check to for my husband and I to have couples mentorship and coaching for the next six months. Now, is this all about money? No, but it's important to tell you that we spent that much because I could just say, you know, what was good about 2020 is I found a coach and I found it. I want to be honest with you and say, look, I wrote enormous checks that were way, way, way out of our budget, but I did it flying blind, but not really. I did it flying blind in the sense that I did not know what the outcome would be and I did not know what it would look like at all. Yet, I was following my co-pilot. Truly, I'm the co-pilot. The real pilot, the divine spirit that's within me, God, whatever word you want to use, was the one saying, do it. So I did. So that's a win. I'm celebrating for 2020. And you might say, so what happened? I can't say yet that I have this great explanation and this amazing spreadsheet I can show you with all of the wins that happened because I spent that money. And I'm still telling you that it was a win. Totally worth it for so many reasons. And then I get to meet you. I mean, the biggest win of 2020, truly, if we're not getting super deep and spiritual, was launching this podcast, was actually doing the thing, getting it together, asking for help, learning how to delegate, not knowing what I was doing, sweating my way through it, wetting my pants all the way through it, getting through the nerves of what are people going to think of me and blah, blah, blah. And oh, I just thought of something else. I also wrote an ebook and I'm really proud of that. So those are big wins for me. It doesn't have to be about investing in yourself. It could be anything, but what are your wins? What was good in 2020? What were the things that you can cheer about and dance about and celebrate? Now, there are beautiful gifts of 2020 that I haven't gotten to yet that are much deeper. But in number two, I'm listing things that are just, I would just say a little more, not superficial, but a little more black and white. And number two, I just want you to write down the the good things that you can celebrate and dance about and say, yeah, that was great. That was awesome. 
That was fun. I did have a great weekend that time in Chicago. That was great. Things like that. Okay. And then number three. Now it's where we're going to get into the really juicy stuff because you know this is what I love. The question to ask yourself is, what does it look like when I go back and connect the dots? When I go back into 2020 and I connect the dots between the suck and the good, how does it connect and what does that picture look like? Once I connect the dots, when I stand back away from that paper, what does it look like? Oh my gosh. Wait a minute. That's why that happened? Okay, God, you're actually pretty amazing. (laughs) Wait, you were doing what? What the hell? Like, that's literally how I feel about 2020. Of course, my son had to go through that. Of course, I had to get my heart broken and get fired from a job that I was freaking amazing at. Of course, I had to have someone from that company tell me, everybody wants you gone. You're making too much noise. You're too outspoken. Of course. It all makes sense. So when you look at number three, ask yourself, how can I connect the dots? Look at the horrible things that happen, just the suck part. And I want you to ask yourself this. What did that teach me? What did I learn from those experiences? Start with that. What did I learn from those experiences? And this is going to be hard because your ego is going to want to say nothing. You didn't learn anything. It sucked and it sucked and it just sucked. That's not what your highest self is going to say. I want you to really sit with this. You had to breathe through it. You have to really move through this. And if you're someone, again, whatever you call the highest power, say to that, to that beautiful force of love and light, help me understand 2020. Please tell me what was the message for me. What did I learn in 2020? What did you want me to learn that I'm not seeing right now? I'm not connecting the dots. What she's saying doesn't make sense. Help me understand and it will be revealed to you. And you're going to have an oh shit moment where you go, oh my gosh, I can't believe I complained about that. Of course it happened that way. I mean, you know that all of us are being polished. We're rough stones just being polished and everything is happening for us and not to us. It's all beauty. It's all love. It's all miraculous. It just feels jagged and sharp and painful and gross sometimes. But at the end of the day, it is all for our highest good. It is. So yes, I had the worst year. It was awful. I mean, I didn't even tell you half of what happened in 2020. But not only did I list some wins, oh, I invested money in these coaches and I learned a lot. Yeah, great. Wonderful. It really is. The biggest, juiciest part is, oh, the mother load. That's what I learned. Okay, so I'm going to share a few of my ahas. Not because I need to make it about my story, but I want you to really take this in so you can see how you can connect the dots when something is awful. So when my coach, Kayla Craft, said to me, hey, listen, I heard you say that you're really struggling with some past trauma and I'll just be transparent, it's sexual trauma. And I was confiding in her about that. And she's like, I want you to do something. If I arrange something, will you just go? I said, yes. Yes. Remember what I told you was happening in my life? I had a daughter in and out of the hospital. I had a son struggling every day with depression. We had a shit show at our house. And we have a little 12-month-old running around nonstop. I said, yeah, I will. I will do it. Because I'm teachable and coachable. 
You heard that in the episode on the success ingredients, right? I am teachable and coachable. I said, yes, where am I going? She said, I want you to go to Sedona. When? Mm-mm, in like two weeks. Shit. Okay. <laughs> Between Thanksgiving and Christmas with all this happening and a surgery on the way for my son, no problem. We'll just go to Sedona. No, but really, I said, yeah, 100%. She goes, you need to bring these two kids because they're the ones that were really struggling. And I want you to go to meet Anahata. I didn't ask any questions about her. I didn't know what I was going to experience, but I trusted. And I said, okay. So we went to Sedona. I promised a lot of you I would share my experience on here. I'll share more another time because otherwise this episode will be two hours long, but I'm going to share some highlights. So my one child did not want to go at the last minute. I mean, he was kicking and screaming, literally. Like, I'm not going. I don't want to go. This is so stupid. What are we doing? I can't believe we're doing this. I don't want to leave my friends. I don't want to leave my girlfriend. It's right before Christmas. I have enough going on. You've got to be kidding me. Then I knew I needed to get him there because right before we're supposed to have a beautiful spiritual awakening or some kind of a breakthrough, we will push back. Other forces that are not for our highest good will push back and will try to keep us from doing it. So I knew it was even more important. So we got there. And imagine taking two of your kids to meet someone you really know nothing about, but you are following your heart. I prayed through it. I knew it was the right thing to do. And in that experience of me meeting this beautiful angel on earth, Anahata, in the first conversation with her before I went into her healing room and before she had met my children, she spoke wisdom into me and truth into me that made everything in 2020 make sense. I can't give all the details out of the respect for you know, the privacy of certain people, but I'll just share that she said to me, your ex-husband had to abandon the kids in 2020. He had to emotionally completely cut off from them. Your son had to go through this. He had to. Because he is ready to be a man. And the person in his life, his father, who should be that role model, can't be. His addiction is too strong. He's not, he just isn't the person. And if he hadn't broken his heart and abandoned him, which I know has been horrible, your empathic, loyal, loving son would have been loyal to his father to the end and walked into and down that rabbit hole with him. And it just, it made so much sense. Oh my gosh, that's why it happened. You guys, I I can't even tell you the pain as a mother I've experienced for this last year. I mean, awful. On my knees begging God and saying, please help us. Why? And in that moment, I knew. It had to happen because my son is not supposed to be the man that he would have become if he were following and getting guidance from and spending time with his father. God is breaking him free of that to bring him into the path he is supposed to go down. And it came with razor blades and thorns and mousetraps and fire and pain and betrayal and heartbreak. It had to because otherwise he wouldn't have been strong enough to break away on his own. When it comes to my daughter with her very serious health issues, No one is saying that they're, I'm not glad that happened. I'm not glad she's sick. But it brought her to an awareness of gifts that she has 
that she, she knew of, but she had no idea how powerful they were. She had no idea how powerful she was. She had no idea how important it was for her to truly 100% put herself first for once and take care of herself. And it had to come that way. It's like sometimes God has to break us in half and into a million pieces and will stand there, not abandoning us, and help us by watching us put ourselves back together. And then when we are put back together, it's this new version of us that couldn't have existed without the breakage, without those sharp edges, without the cracks. And the glue is self-love forgiveness, self-acceptance, peace, fortitude, strength. I don't think I can do this, but I'm going to. That's what the glue is. The rejection that I experienced when I was terminated from the company that I loved so much had to happen that way, just like my son's father. Where do you think my son learned it? I enable. I can be codependent. I will feel so guilty and worry that I'm abandoning someone that I will feel their pain so much that I lose myself. I will go down that rabbit hole and die with you. So when it came to my career, I had this yearning to do something else. I knew I was supposed to be an author and have coaching courses and have a podcast and do all these other things. But I didn't feel like I could do it. I couldn't do it actually with my other career because that company told me I couldn't. They weren't okay with me doing both. They didn't want me to express both. What they said was, you're making it look like this top position isn't enough. And we don't like that. But I also couldn't do it because I couldn't get myself to actually leave because I would have felt like I was abandoning people and I would have felt like I would hurt people. And God took care of that. Forces bigger than me said, okay, you really want to go and do these other things that you feel called to do? You're really going to walk here? You're going to walk this path? There's going to be broken glass and I see you're barefoot. You ready? Because if you're ready, we're going to go. That breakaway was so painful, but it had to be. It made me so much stronger. I had to fall apart like that. I had to put myself back together. And I learned so many lessons about myself. I learned to stay true to God and true to myself. The the voice I was given to speak out and to stand up should not be shamed by anyone. And I will never, ever allow anyone to do that to me. The words that I was speaking and the questions I were asking were good and coming from good and they should have been asked. I also learned in that experience to choose your battles. I got bent out of shape about way too much. I was correct, but you know, would you like to be right or be happy? Would you like peace or would you like to be correct? And I was right and correct, but I was allowing all of it to get to me instead of just going with the flow. I also learned about myself that I was still, even though I thought I was free of it, feeling codependent with my that company, the people that worked there, the community, and my team. I didn't even feel like I could truly be myself. I had to abandon myself for everyone else, which isn't true. But I learned that I've really got to get over that. The other thing I learned in this lesson of of leaving that career the way I had to was to watch my inner circle. 
I preach that and I talk about it a lot because I was very proud to say, oh, my inner circle is so positive. I have an inner circle and then a circle beyond that and another and another. Like I had so many wonderful, positive, loving, dynamic people in my life and I still do. But here's the big fat but. I had allowed a few women in my inner circle who didn't deserve to be there. They were there out of my enabling and my codependency. They were on my team. And because we worked closely together, I was blind to some of their ways of being. And so I let them in my closest circle. I mean, into my home, into my birthday party when only five people are invited, you know, so close. And I looked back and I'm like, wait a minute. They never invited me to do anything. I was never invited into their social circle. They were using me for the mentorship and the coaching and saying yes to invitations, but there really was no real friendship there. So I learned that betrayal by those couple of women was a gift because I really looked back and realized, oh my gosh, I need to to actually check myself here. When it comes to what I went through with my kids, the other thing I want to share is that my word for 2019 was let go. I didn't realize that it would come into play in 2020 in such a deep way. Guys, I we've talked about this in the episode of sadness versus suffering. I love to suffer. You know that. I love to make everything difficult. I mean, my reading glasses are never near me. I will squint for an hour and a half with a headache while I watch my husband 10 feet away sit there with his glasses and he has three other pair and he knows exactly where they are because I'll make myself suffer. <laughs> And the queen of suffering. When I watched my children suffering, I climbed into that pool with them and I was drowning. I literally was drowning. So as I myself look at number three here, where we're connecting the dots of everything that did not make sense, everything that was difficult and painful, everything that was wonderful, and we really connect the dots for 2020. When I do that, I can see all of the miracles. I can see that I need to stop questioning the divine plan because it never makes sense when you're in that moment because you can't see the entire quilt. You know, you can just see the loop in front of you and it doesn't make sense. But the one who is weaving it all together is saying, just wait, just hold on. It's not coming together yet. Just hold on. It allows me And I hope it allows you to be grateful for every piece of it, to see all the wisdom in it, to see the lessons. And there might be things that happen that you're like, okay, I'll choose gratitude, but I don't, I don't see the point. It's because the point isn't being revealed yet. The creator (laughs) doesn't go on the calendar that we follow. Just because it's the end of one year, it doesn't mean that all the lessons need to be clear. It might be in 2021 that you get that revelation and then you look back and go, oh, that's why that happened in June of 2020. So we also don't want to force this understanding and this knowing. Connect those dots. Appreciate what comes to you. Ask, what is the lesson here for me? What was I supposed to get from this? And let that be enough, by the way. Lots and lots of thank yous, lots and lots of deep breaths and exhales. And then as you get ready to walk into this new year, hopefully with me and with this community, 
when we do this workshop coming up, we are going to do some things together that will set you up in a way that it's just not the cookie cutter stuff that you might be expecting. I won't be the one asking you to list out your goals. We're not going to do what we've done before. We're going to be looking at every area of our life and through a different lens, the lens of being and becoming and discovering ourselves, so that when we walk through this next year, we don't have that heaviness. We don't have the burdens of the opinions of others. We don't have the weight of the world on our shoulders. We don't have unrealistic expectations. We have the ability to pick up and put down strategic imbalance and hustle and goals. And I said, and also put down. We'll be able to choose joy and to not just be funny, but have fun. It's going to be such a great year, no matter our circumstances, by the way. 2021 might be an even more challenging year than 2020 in some odd way. But it's still going to be even better. So I invite you to do that with us. Thank you so much for listening to this end of the year episode. And I want you to know how truly grateful I am for this entire collective and for each and every one of you. Thank you so much for joining me on BU. I know there was something in this episode you were meant to hear. So let me know in a DM on Instagram at JillHermanBU. Be sure to subscribe to the BU podcast. And if you have iTunes, I would so appreciate you rating the podcast and leaving a comment with your biggest aha or takeaway. Sharing a screenshot of this episode on your story is the best way for us to reach women just like you. And if you send a link to a friend, let her know what unique quality she has that the world needs more of. If this is your first visit, welcome to our BU Collective, where we get honest about what it takes to find our true self so we can set her free and start living.